Well, let's hit some of the other big stories this morning. Donald Trump uh, won the Nevada GOP caucus. I don't think that was any surprise. So Donald Trump winning the Nevada GOP caucus. He also won the U.S. Virgin Islands caucuses. So Donald Trump continues to extend his winning streak over Nikki Haley. Speaking of Donald Trump, the U.S. Supreme Court yesterday heard arguments about Colorado wanting to boot Trump from the ballot. And uh, did you listen to any of this yesterday? Pretty fascinating to hear the arguments being made. And so the some of the legal minds out there are predicting what we will see or likely to see from the U.S. Supreme Court. Jonathan Turley, somebody I talk about often. He's a professor at George Washington University, law professor there. And he said, it now appears that it's possible for Chief Justice Roberts to secure a unanimous or nearly unanimous ruling of the court against this dangerous theory. He's talking about the theory that they're using in Colorado to keep Trump off the ballot. And, in fact, um, there was a story at Axios, and they quoted, uh, they quoted Justice Ilana Kagan. She's one of the liberals on the court. And she said, I think the question that you have to confront is why a single state should decide who gets to be president of the United States. Um, what's the state doing deciding who other citizens get to vote for for president, she said. So... Now, whether what her final ruling will be, we don't know because this it's it, it's pretty common that Supreme Court justices say things during a you know as they're hearing the arguments, they may say things that really give you no indication of what their final vote will be. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Alan Dershowitz, who is another. Um, liberal attorney we talk uh, talk about a lot here. He's a professor, uh, professor emeritus at Harvard. He said, this was a great day for the Supreme Court and a terrible day for Supreme Court lawyers and litigators, he said. I'm not sure where he, I thought the Trump team looked great. So it was pretty fascinating to listen to, but that, that that comment by, I mentioned Justice Kagan, she is an Obama appointee. She seemed, at least, seemed skeptical of allowing Colorado to keep Trump off the ballot. And she said, I'm going to repeat this because, Uh, and I'm going to include a little bit more of the statement. She said, I think that the question that you have to confront is why a single state should get to decide who gets to be president of the United States. In other words, you know, 
This question of whether a former president is disqualified for insurrection to be president again is, just say it, it sounds awfully national to me. So whatever means are there uh, to enforce it, I would suggest they have to be federal national means, not state means. So if there was something going on there, if indeed this whole thing about Trump insurrection is a joke, you and I know that. That's why I'm not going into length about talking about that. We all know what a, what a farce that is. Donald Trump was never involved in insurrection. He was never encouraging people to take over the government. That never happened. That's just nonsense. But lunacy is the order of the day around much of the country right now. And you see it not only in these stories. You know, for a while it was just surrounding Trump. Now you see it in everything. Um, but it, it's it, it's a great point that if there that if that's indeed what happened, then it would be require a national, federal response, not a state response. I would agree, agree with Justice Kagan on that. George Washington University professor Jonathan Turley, I mentioned him earlier. He said um, he wrote, this was ahead of the oral arguments. He said that there, there are a lot of flaws in the way they're trying to push this case. And, and he has detailed the flaws as he sees them. And he said, it is also, in my view, a dangerously anti-democratic theory that would introduce an instability in our system, which has been the most stable and successful constitutional system in the world. And that always makes me wonder, who then are the forces working for that want to see that? I mean, that because there are those who want to see that. They want to bring the system down. And by that, I mean our constitutional republic. They want to bring it down. So who are those people who are involved in that? I don't think it's just ignorance. There's a powerful amount of ignorance that's out there, but I I don't think it's all ignorance. So Turley told just the news yesterday that the... uh, Argument before the Supreme Court was novel, he said, the Colorado case. But he said justices from both sides of the court appeared to reject it. He said the justices destroyed the narrative on many networks that any objections to this theory uh, would come from the right of the court. He said for weeks, professors insisted that the only barrier was the bias of the conservative justices. This argument put the lie to these claims. Some of the most damaging questions came from the left of the court. Justices Kagan and Jackson are hardly con, you know, convincing members of the conservative cabal on the court, yet for weeks, networks have portrayed this as a well-established theory 
that the only barrier would be the bias of the court. This is what Turley's saying. And based on, and we'll see now, again, asking those questions and final votes are not the same. We'll see what their votes are. But Turley said it now appears that it's possible for Chief Justice Roberts to secure a unanimous or nearly unanimous ruling of the court against this dangerous theory. So it's a pretty fascinating story at justthenews.com. This is their reporting. Alan Dershowitz told Just the News, he said, the arguments made by the lawyers were poor, but the Supreme Court justices got to the essence of the law. And he said that Trump would win this case overwhelmingly, probably nine to nothing. I hope that's true. I'm not seriously. I hope that's true. I, I, I don't rely on many things these days. You know what I mean? Our faith has been shaken in so many institutions. To see a nine to nothing ruling in favor of Trump, and in this case, a nine to nothing ruling, I, sh- uh, ruling, I should say, against Colorado would be refreshing. We've seen it. We've seen it. Um, I'm not so sure we'll see it this time around. We'll see. We'll see. So one of those who's skeptical like me is Andrew Napolitano. He's a retired New Jersey Superior Court judge. So Napolitano was on Newsmax the other night. He was talking about this. uh, Or excuse me, this was actually uh, an interview he did with National Report. And he said, you know, everybody was hoping, even people that can't stand Trump, everybody's expecting and hoping for a nine-to-nothing decision so that the court is out of politics and that the issue can be resolved by the voters, he said. Doesn't appear it's going to go that way. I think the the Colorado decision will be reversed, but probably five to four or six to three. That's what I'm hearing so far, he said. But then he said... Um, Again, be wary of statements and questions that the justices were asking because, he said, judges don't always telegraph how they're going to vote by their questioning. Sometimes they legitimately have questions of one side, and and the answer is not going to affect their vote, he said. So don't be, don't get too caught up in the questions asked by the Supreme Court members. So pretty, pretty interesting uh, story. And we'll see. And we should know, I think they said they would normally, the, the Supreme Court hears arguments and then months later returns their verdict. They're going to move fairly quickly on this case. I mean, so as to not impact the primary. So they will be moving on this case fairly quickly that we'll have a decision by the U.S. Supreme Court. 
There's another story. You know, you and I have talked about the border bill and what's going on in the Senate. I've, I've spent a lot of time on it this week. So this caught my attention story from the Daily Mail. And they said, Republican senators join Democrats. And I'm like, oh, man, my heart's already sinking. <laughs> right? Oh, here we go again. We're talking about U.S. senators. Republican senators join Democrats to advance $95 billion Ukraine and Israel aid bill without capital letters without border provisions amid backstabbing and turmoil among GOP ranks. So things are getting heated among Republicans in the U.S. Senate. And on this deal, and I thought, okay, Republicans are joining the Democrats to advance this. And then I saw a story from the Business Insider Naming the 17 Republicans, and I went 17. I know I know who some of them are. I don't, I don't want to believe it, but I know who some of them are. I bet two of them are from South Dakota. Sure as hell. Oh, yeah. Senator Rao, Senator Thune. <laughs> Both uh, among the uh, Republican senators who want to advance this deal, and so this Daily Mail story said, uh, they quoted Senator Thune, and they say, Senator Thune, they mistakenly mentioned he's from North Dakota. <laughs> We're used to that. South Dakota is very used to that. Senator John Thune reportedly told his GOP colleagues that they need to stop being blanks and just vote. Because the issue isn't going away and U.S. allies need help. On, uh, on, this, on this U.S. allies need help, um, what about the American people? <laughs> what about the border? What do we, uh, <laughs> Senator Rounds right behind him on this. Uh, Senator Joni Ernst is one of the 17 Republican senators voting to advance the Ukraine aid without any border provisions in it. It's just hard, absolutely heartbreaking to me. And it's odd that in this case, it's Senator Lindsey Graham, who I disagree with more. I mean, I agree with Senator Graham from time to time. I wind up disagreeing with, uh, with him more often than not. He says he'll block the bill unless he gets an agreement on inserting an amendment on border security. So Graham is one of those who has been very vocal about needing this money for Ukraine. But he says he'll block it unless he gets an agreement on inserting an amendment on border security. Otherwise, he won't. We'll see what happens. But I thought, yeah, there are, there are Senators Rounds and Thune right there alongside Senator Mitch McConnell again trying to push this deal. 
Wow, crazy. Absolutely. Speaking of crazy, uh, crazy in terms of hard to believe, the Hawaii Supreme Court, have you seen this? The Hawaii Supreme Court has upheld um, some of their state laws. They're criticizing the U.S. Supreme Court. And the Hawaii court is claiming the spirit of aloha overrides the Constitution. And the issue is guns. And the U.S. Supreme Court has ruled, when it comes to guns, carrying a firearm in public without a license, you can do that. You can do that, right, says the U.S. Supreme Court. And the Hawaii Supreme Court, in a unanimous 5-0 to zero decision, said states retain the authority to require individuals have a license before carrying firearms in public. So here's the U.S. Supreme Court saying no, right? And Hawaii is saying, no, we retain final authority. I think this is shades of things to come. Uh, I really fear that that we what we are going to see from states that is going to be no, we don't we don't have to follow the Constitution. We do not have to follow the U.S. Constitution on this matter. The power resides with us. I'm very open to that. I mean, the federal government, by contrast, only has enumerated powers. In other words, federal government only has specifically those powers that are listed in the Constitution. All other powers reside with the states. And in the case, the U.S. Supreme Court has said that the issue of gun owners yeah, gun ownership that's a, that's an individual right this that just struck me as it just struck me as crazy the spirit of aloha overrides the constitution that's the headline of a story by Jordan Boyd over at the uh, federalist and it's just like uh, um and then they're getting back into history and uh, how you know Hawaii becoming a state and and the thing is once you be once you have become a state this the, the spirit of aloha overriding the constitution the that's a tough sell in South Dakota I'm just <laughs> It's a tough sell for this kid in South Dakota as as I look at that. But I I think that's kind of, as I thought about it this morning, I fear that's a look at things to come, that we'll see more of that. People just deciding, no, 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 yeah, we're we're not going to comply. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do it. Or we are going to do what the Supreme Court has said they can't. Because that's what Hawaii is saying. The U.S. Supreme Court has said no. Hawaii says, nah, we're not going to do that. And we're going to keep it the way it is. 
I fear that's a big sign of things to come.